This is Vihit from Repulse Podcast. On this episode, we're joined by Seiju Zhang, the CEO and co-founder of Noom. While most people know Noom best as a weight loss app, the company's mission is to help people everywhere lead healthier lives through behavior change. Seiju and I discuss what this mission means for the company's future, especially as it expands into chronic care. We also talk about Noom's long 13-year journey and multiple pivots to get to where it is today, as well as Seiju's first venture in heavy metal music. Great to have you here today. How's it going? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, of course. As you might know, we have a tradition of asking all our guests the same icebreaker, and that's, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always thought I would become a doctor, a medical doctor, because my father and my uncles are all medical doctors. My aunts are pharmacists. My very early memory that I can recall is all like I was playing at the hospital, my father's hospital with my cousins. And I thought I would become a doctor. But then I read a book about how the Hyundai, the group has established and he built a, the company and it was like shockingly great. And then I look for, like, there's another opportunity to build something new, business, something like that. So that was the inspiration I received, but um, I didn't think about, I would like start the business, but I was inspired a lot. To, uh, I realized that I cannot stop thinking about start something that what I'm passionate. When I applied to a college, I realized that something's wrong. <laughs> no, I, I think you're echoing how many people in the healthcare community might have felt. Definitely kudos to doctors and all they do. But I mm. think for a lot of people, that's their main interaction with the healthcare system. And then later on in life, they realize other things that they might be interested in. Right. In my quick prep before this conversation, I also came across uh, an interesting fact. It sounds like you also founded a heavy metal label. Uh, yes. Any <laughs> context there? I'm, I'm curious. Very simple. I just simply love heavy metal music. And then what happened was I failed to go to medical school. So I applied where I could get in and I went to engineering school. And uh, at school, I didn't have a, much like, interest at school. But Imagine like a 19 years old boy, like, what do you do, right? You discover that you become kind of like half adult and uh, you're kind of like liberate from family. Now you kind of like you have independency, right? And then heavy metal music was kind of like the thing, the passion that I had. So uh, one day I realized that, that the way the heavy metal music was distributed and served in South Korean market was so poor because there's, there are simply not that many probably passionate listeners but not that many listeners compared to pop music listeners right so i was kind of like treated badly at the record store that I, I i i took a train to get like the the music that i like to buy and i realized that oh probably because there's so many like like a demand but the supply in terms of like where the heavy metal music has been like distributed and served is so poor quality so i was so mad that day and i came home and actually, I couldn't go to sleep. And then the next day, I found the company. And this company name is Buy Hard because it's so hard to buy. And I absolutely loved it, Buy Hard. When this, like, the little business took up so fast and they're growing fast. And, like, people preached the service. Incredible experience that I had. And that, like, literally unlocked the entrepreneurship. So let's uh, talk a little bit more about entrepreneurial's journey then. Excited to get yes, into sir. it. I've come across a little bit of company history, and it seems like they've gone through a number of pivots. 
Um, from mm-hmm. what I understand, actually, in the very beginning, you guys were going for um, kind of this connected uh, calorie counting application for bicycles. So uh, I'm curious, can you walk me through the journey going into Noom and how you eventually decided to focus on weight loss specifically? Absolutely. So 2007, I found Noom with my co-founder, Artem Petakov. He was a tech leader at Google Map. So while he was working for Google, it became very like clear for us. We need to start a business. And then we followed the recommendation from the book, The Good to Great, written by Jim Collinson. We were looking for how we can build a company that can last more than a century. So rather we pay attention to like the business model to found the company, we spend enough time to think about which market we need to pay attention. And it became healthcare. Because we both thought healthcare is so important because don't we love our family members and don't we care our own health, right? Yeah, and also the biggest market industry. But probably we were bravely naive in the beginning that still we have a similar uh, approach that why the overall healthcare has been optimized for sick care. We had a simple question. And I'd like to add another color of myself that my personal story that while I definitely enjoyed my um, humble startup at the Buy Hard Production, the, the heavy metal record label, when I was 19 years old and I kept doing the business, I lost my father when I was 21. And my father had terminal lung cancer, unfortunately, although he never smoked. That was a completely shocking experience and um, very difficult for our family. He watched, observed a lot of patients. He saved a lot of lives, but he had a question mark that he warned the patient to um, change their behavior because a lot of conditions were reversible or preventable by changing behavior. A lot of patients came with a developed complications and he, he had to do a sick care, right? Yeah. To manage the immediate the problem and symptoms. So he felt better about that. So the big question left that where is the preventative approach as a healthcare leader, he himself, right? And that all got me and inspired me quite a lot. And I shared these lessons with Artem Petakov, my brother by the time. And that really resonated well with Artem too. And we found company in 2007 with a mission that we simply want to help many lives, as many as we can, by changing behavior. That was our initial the mission that, of course, we'll use technology because that's the way we can make an affordable and scalable service. But we are going to make a service, completely scientific approach. That way we can do something differently. And that's how we started it. Now, yeah. let me answer your question back. Now, finally, I can answer that. So with that, we approached a lot of good ideas, but it was not good enough. That's why we had to pivot a few times. We had our very first prototype product was interactive bike software, meaning we upgrade the stationary bike at the gym with the sensors, hardware sensors and, and, and touch screen. And we provide interactive software experience to help the gym goers motivate to do cycling better and follow the courses. May sound very familiar, what's famous and out there. So we had a concept in 2007 and eight and nine, and we developed a product and we had the prototype at the gym, but we could not raise capital. Probably was so early or probably I was not good enough to present the business model. So we pivot to pure software experience. And that is how we became application-focused uh, the company. In 2008, 
uh, we launched the cardio trainer. We were the first GPS tracking sports tracker at Android Market, tracking users' the cycling, running, outdoor activities. That's how we became a known company, and we were able to raise capital from VC. But we realized, although we were number one at the market in terms of top crossing and downloaded, Cardio Trainer is working for a lot of users, but we were surprised by reviewing the data that 90% of more users were using for walking and parameters. And that was kind of bonus features. So we asked, why did you not run or bike? And most of the users answered, they don't like to do exercise. They wanted to measure their step counting. So we asked why. And most of the users answered because they want to lose weight. And that was an aha moment for us. Then we asked, why do you want to lose weight? And a lot of users answered like they had health issues. And they also, they are quite heavy, so they cannot run or cycle. And that was a moment that we realized the weight-related market and nutrition market, and we realized that diet nutrition market is much bigger than fitness market. So we made a very bold decision that stop serving for cardio trainer, and then we launched the calorie fix in 2010, which is calorie counting application. And we became, again, featured application at the market. But we soon after, we realized that building this well-built tool will not deliver long-lasting, sustainable results and will not answer our company mission, which is we need to help people's lives. But this well-made tool does not change their behavior. They, it does not deliver long-lasting results. It is a great tool, but connecting to the end result was too far. And uh, what was missing was intervention. That's how we discovered Noon Coach Concept, and then we launched again. In 2017, we launched a service, the current version of Noom. I know I'm just jumping because it was so many years. I've been doing this for 14 years, Fahid. But that's a very uh, short, high-level version of like our history, how we pivot. Let me pause that there. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I appreciate the history getting to uh, you know, where Noom is, say, from you know, an initial fitness app, if you will, to all the steps and aha moments, for lack of a better word, that get you to understanding where the core need is. One thing that um, has stood out to me when I was learning a little bit more about Noom is to go to your earlier point, this idea of platform for behavioral change. And Hmm. it sounds like one of the things that your company is looking to use to support behavioral change is research. So, you know, can you walk me through how Noom goes about you know, uncovering the strategies that might work best for its members. And especially if we kind of consider the diversity of your member sets, you know, how you might go about ensuring that some of the behavioral change its incentives or strategies would actually work. Good question, Vahid. So users, when they research about Noom, and they often surprise how many years of Noom had because they may have seen our advertisement in the last years, so they may think we are a brand new company and we feel like behavior change is the thing and we are promoting that, right? But as you can see, our history, how we established the product foundation, it took many years because we wanted to make sure that we can answer clearly on our company mission. Overall, the way Numa approach has been established that by we are making a lot of 
I don't want to say errors, but we discovered major failures such as diet, nutrition, fitness, sleep, recovery, stress management. All these major pillars are so critical to build a healthy the condition who you are, but it does require a lot of uh, the effort. Yeah. We learn this by monitoring our end users, Fahid. And this is the key, and this is what makes Noom very different than the other players. From the beginning of the company that we always believe the end users will provide the answer. They give us the answer how to build a product. We pay attention to consumer behavior, how they use our service, and that we monitor carefully and we iterate all the time to make sure that we follow what has been working for them and improve it. So testing quickly and launch quickly by monitoring our end user experience is the key at Noom, and that's our DNA. And we need to figure then what is the KPI then? And then we've discovered weight management is a barometer of overall health to make sure that you are healthy. And if you are exposed to chronic conditions, you can manage that well, or you can reverse the chronic conditions. So yeah. it became weight is the one of the best barometer to overall health. And that's how we developed the service. Can maybe speak to an example of how Noom might use a psychological tactic or behavioral change motivator mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. you know, encourage weight loss or healthier behaviors? Absolutely. So the reason why we use psychology and OCBT and human coaches, all that, because we realized in 2013, again, we test, we learn by observing our end user experience. 2013, we had, I clearly remember still today, we had an amazing aha moment that through our customer support, we actually tested that what is your bottleneck to log your meal? How can we help you more? We just had the simple questions. And our users answered, I don't know where to start. And I don't know how I can stop eating badly, although I know the calories, which calorie, which food is good and which food is not bad. But they cannot stop the bad behavior. And that was like aha moment. And we provide human coach over chat and that it really worked. So we realized human intervention is very powerful. So if you use our new service, then you realize there's a lot of psychological approach and there's a lot of academic, the scientifically proven method that we embed into our product. That way we can decouple what is a bottleneck. And also we realize we learned a lot of users, they tried to lose weight before and weight became the thing, very difficult, the barrier in their life. So it's a stigmatized experience for a lot of users. So we need to remove that so they can build a better confidence where they can start differently this time. So all they require psychological support because it's so personal and so difficult. But once they realize there's a positive flying wheel has been established by themselves by sticking with new service, which is behavior change platform, and then they become the leader of their own destiny in terms of mind, physical conditions, and that's the way they discover I can manage my weight. Thinking through how that might scale, right? So 
the idea of a coach to support you is obviously a very powerful one. But I imagine, mm -hmm. you know, as you get more and more users, it might become challenging to have a coach for everyone. So I'm curious, what is the approach there? Are you investing more in coaches or have you been thinking about maybe automated ways, if you will, to help encourage that same type of motivation? We have been investing a lot into a human coach. We have now more than 3,000 full-time human coach in the United States, full-time. And uh, we've been growing fast. And we'll continue to invite highly qualified and good-minded human coaches at Noom Platform. We cannot grow a linear way, then, then we cannot take the advantage of the technology, which is we want to use technology to make an affordable and scalable platform. So the way we use the AI technology, machine learning technology, all that is not a choice. It was must from day one. Matter of fact, before we start with our human coach service, we deployed the service in 2016 May. But before 2016, it was actually AI-only coach service, which we call Noom Pro. It worked, but with a human coach, it was turbocharged. So we know the value of having an AI coach only. We also know the, the power that if we provide right blend of AI coach, AI-assisted platform, human coach can deliver much better results. And that is, again, not a choice. Got it. And, you know, on the topic of, you know, scaling, I'm kind of curious to think through the next steps for the company. So for context, everyone who's listening, this past May, late May, you guys raised a massive $540 million round. And part of that announcement came with really doubling down on chronic care more broadly and discussing new markets, new condition sets, if you will, that the company's interested in supporting. So can you speak a little bit to how you're thinking about scaling this platform, this idea of behavioral change to other conditions and to other markets? Absolutely, Bahid. So we raised capital because we figured behavior changing platform is so powerful, it does deliver long lasting result. And frankly speaking, we have a mile long list of product ideas. And as I mentioned over and over, that product ideas are inspired and received by our numerous who use them service. And we have millions of users. So imagine, you can imagine how many good ideas we have. We simply need more talent to build that ideas. We are very thankful that as we are the pioneer of behavior changing platform maker, and this impact greatly to population health and cover a lot of conditions. As I mentioned, weight management is the good barometer of overall health. Weight management is a good, it's a gateway for us. And we discovered a lot of our new users answered to us. We received a thank you note, a ton of thank you note every single day. And I was surprised because I was expecting the thank you note would be, I lost weight, I look great. Matter of fact, no. Most of the thank you note messages are they were able to get healthy. They lower their blood pressure. They were able to manage their blood sugar level and they massively improve their cardiovascular functions. And at their doctor's office, they receive a praise. I receive that message every single day. I'm not exaggerating. CDC has been promoting weight management is the best way you can improve your life quality. So 
we have seen Noom not only help our end users look greater by lost weight if they were overweight or obese. We also discovered by using Noom platform, we build a better management on chronic conditions such as diabetics, hypertensive condition, and other complications like, such as comorbidities. And also, we also have discovered that Noom is actually helping a lot of people who are exposed to anxiety and stress because the way our curriculum has been established that we try to help our end users to realize, acknowledge the stress because we are human. Having a stress is very normal, but guess what? We often do not even recognize we are stressed. By the time we realize we are stressed, maybe too late. So Noom taught our users how to cope and manage the stress anxiety as a part of the curriculum. And two-thirds and plus more of our users ask, I want more. I want to learn more how to manage the stress. So we want to respond on that, how to manage the stress and cope the anxiety on that matters. We are on it. So that's the angle that we want to establish our next conditions. And lastly, international market has been booming for us. The weight issues and also crime condition management issues are not only limited problem in the United States. It is also a growing problem in everywhere. So our international expansion has been very successful. So we want to do more globally. And also the male market. A lot of males are asking they want to have a service noon because somehow the weight loss service has been focused to female market. But Noom has been working for male and female. So that's another opportunity. That is why we raise another capital that we want to pour the dollars in R&D and invite a strong talent that we just discovered the surface of this huge opportunity and problem. So, and with a new approach, which is behavior changing approach. And that Noom serve to cover weight management, chronic condition management, and other area globally. That's the way we should grow. And there is our company vision. I'd like to double down a little bit, kind of thinking about how you might view the chronic space market. So, you know, to your earlier point, you study your users, you try to figure out ways that you can best support them. And it sounds like in your experience, you've noticed that, hey, a lot of our consumers um, have these other challenges that they're facing and we want to be able to support them maybe starting off with weight loss, but providing them with tools to help manage their hypertension, type 2 diabetes, et cetera. Now, within chronic conditions, of course, though, there are you know, other players. You know, There's huge heavyweights like Livongo and then a lot of smaller players who are made taking different approaches. So is the strategy then to think of Noom's core user base and how you can support them in other conditions, such as like, hypertension, type 2 diabetes? Or are you also thinking about competing directly against some of these other players and maybe looking towards individuals who are thinking about their chronic conditions first, as opposed to maybe coming to a platform like this via Noom because they're concerned about their weights? Good question, Fahid. I'd like to actually answer my overview on overall healthcare uh, market evolution over sure. COVID-19 time. Meaning, yes, Livongo has done a good job educate the market and also they prove that there is a market demand from employer market and PBM market paying attention. 
So there is a need. The healthcare industry is asking for digital healthcare response because they want to do better and they want to provide service to prevent or manage chronic care. I think this is a very positive move. The way I have a different opinion than most of the digital healthcare players in the market that we started from completely B2C, consumer first, for a reason. That we believe from the day one of Noom, why most of the healthcare services are not close enough to us. Meaning, we feel like healthcare industry is so big, yet we as major stakeholder, if we are sick or family members are sick, we are the owner of our body, right? But we don't have much control because lack of knowledge. And there's a lot of professionals. And we let them, we kind of outsource them, right? You manage my health and uh, you tell me the bill. Then I will manage the bill with my employer and also pay like that. The thing is, who provide the service and how the service has been evaluated and how they improve the service quality, I think that was kind of far to reach from an user experience. In other words, we believe if we can hear from an user how they like our product service, then we have a higher chance we can improve much better and faster. That's what we did. So we built a very strong foundation by testing our product and iterating based on what has been working, not working. And we've been improving every second from this millions our user base. So that is absolutely different approach than most of digital healthcare players in the market. Meaning we interact with end users directly right now and we are paying attention how we can do better. So when when we hear the payer market and employer markets are looking for the service and as soon as we debut, they may say, oh, no, my I use a service or my wife uses a service, my husband uses a service, and he was able to lower the blood pressure. And that service is now available for employer market. I'm very curious because I have used the service. I heard about it is working and it is very user friendly. So we think our approach is very unique to employer and payer market. Will we compete with what's available service out there? Yes. But the way we want to play at the market is going to be different. Because we can prove that we shorten the communication cycle between end user experience and product makers. And I think that makes them very strong and it will be able to deliver a great outcome, great service experience at a very low price because it's scale level service that we already established the unit economics and has been proven. Yeah, and I can definitely see how that behavioral change platform can extend on that front in terms of being able to iterate with the already large user base you have. One, um, I guess, product question I have as I'm kind of thinking through this is if we think about some of the players within, say, chronic care, there are you know, elements of you know, working directly with providers or maybe um, facilitating medications. To what extent do you think new might ever get into that space where, you know, for instance, a type 2 diabetic patient, you might support them in getting you know, their metformin prescription or finding a provider for them? So the way we approach the opportunity is always we need to answer our company mission. We simply want to help many lives. And if taking a medication with behavior change is the best way we can handle the condition for our end user, we'll definitely do that. Matter of fact, in 2018 and 19, 
that we instill today that we are working with the Novo Nordisk, which is the, the world's largest insulin maker for diabetics. So Novo Nordisk, they have a very um, advanced technology and science that they use semaglutide, the drugs, to manage the weight, and it's called Saxenda. And that has been FDA approved, and it's a very effective drug that is prescribed for obese patients. So Saxenda and Anum together deliver even greater outcome because Saxenda helps the obese patient can manage their weight loss journey easier, and Noom will support to build a long-lasting sustainable behavior change so they can actually get the great out, a healthy outcome combined. And we support that because that is the good synergetic partnership that we both approach with a scientific way with a different strength, but it does work well for end users. So for type diabetics, absolutely we will sponsor um, metformin and the other drugs and the devices if that's the best combined way we can help the end users. Absolutely, we'll do that. And that's the way that we foresee our next version of product for chronic condition management will uh, be evolved. Yeah, and uh, you know, on that note, that kind of brings up the question of you know, the economics, right? So mm-hmm. you know, as you scale from something that might be more DTC-only centric to something that's now interacting with, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better description, more expensive parts of the healthcare system, whether it's expensive prescription mm-hmm. drugs or you know, providers that can meet various mm-hmm. needs there. How are you thinking about the business model there in terms of the employers that you might be going to or even working with payers? You know, how's that a part of your strategy as you expand into chronic conditions more and more? The way we use our platform that we will always seek for the way we can make the most impact population health. So how many lives we cover, it matters for us as that's our company North Star and Mission. But we also don't want to discriminate because of conditions. Some conditions, such as acute conditions, who is already sick, they need more urgent help, right? Because they are already exposed to the conditions. So we plan to provide more focused the care. But the way we build our platform stronger and our improve our algorithm is by monitoring our end users. And that will lower the price, but they will help us to scale the service to greater level. So yes, consumer version will will stick with our very affordable service and for employer market, similar, because the the way we see the employee is the same because they are end users, but for based on the conditions, it might be different because we have to alter the way we pay attention to our end user base because they are different, they are exposed to different conditions, they are um, maybe uh, their acute conditions. So that will change, alter, the way we interact with our end users and that will impact to our price as well. As I mentioned, we'll we'll monitor and we'll learn, but we believe that as we build a very strong foundation with millions user base, we'll continue to iterate fast and we'll optimize that very well based on different conditions. But using behavior change will be our um, the the backbone. Yeah. And you know, just kind of thinking about the space then, are you able to speak to maybe a few of the areas that you think Noom's platform really could be successful in the near two, three years time frame. Some areas where you think that the company can make a big impact. I think the weight-related issues are unfortunately growing. So we have a big, big problem to actually tackle right now. So 
the consumer focused weight loss management uh, condition will be our flagship, continue to be our flagship. Again, because weight management is a barometer of the overall health. At the same time, we will launch our new products line this year and we'll tackle the chronic care management and stress management. But again, the weight management market, I think, is, is a huge problem and uh, we have to do better. Uh, Noom has to do better because it's, it's a big problem at this moment. So what are some of the things that you think Noom could be doing better on or areas where kind of looking back, you wish maybe Noom took a slightly different approach? Where we can do better, simply that we discovered there are so many great ideas that we received from our end users. And um, we learned the change in behavior sounds powerful, but it's very difficult. I want to be very honest about that. So we want to provide the best experience to our end users because, listen, our service does require our end users' commitment, right? Yeah. It is not a, it's not a game. It's not a, like the entertainment service. We need our end users have to put the effort. But there, is a, there are ways we can actually improve. We can help our end users to lower the barrier so they have a higher chance to establish the healthy habits. And uh, we have seen it. It is working. So that is why I get excited. That is why we could raise capital because we have a product list that we can do better and we have seen it. So Noom should develop better using behavior changing approach and what we have monitored over millions user base, what psychological barrier they have and how we can apply the technology to unload their burden. All that, very important. Lastly, we have massive human coaching at the platform, 3,000 plus more human coach in the United States. We need to figure better so we can provide even greater service experience to end users. And we can have that because the answers are there. Yeah, and um, just as you mentioned there, I'm sure one question some of our listeners might have is on a topic of data collection, you know, what some of the things are that you're measuring? So you mentioned user feedback, user ideas actually, which I think is you know really interesting, getting feedback from users on what they want. In terms of maybe metrics, though, what are some of the endpoints that you're monitoring to understand whether or not the approaches are working? Well, we monitor the um, the engagement is the key. So the retention and also the weight, which is a barometer of the overall experience. It's not only the index, but it's a key index for us. So we want to figure like a correlation, how much engagement lead, how much the weight, the management result, all that and how user journey has been evolved with new platform. Meaning, because changing behavior takes some time. So we want to monitor carefully how our users develop their uh, life journey with the new platform and where and how we make an impact. If I just speak very high level, there are four major pillars, right? Diet, nutrition, fitness, sleep recovery, and stress management. And we want to see where and how our new platform has established and contributed to our end users to build a better understanding and that became their habits. That actually, once people join our company, especially product people and like psychology major people, I often hear like, wow, there are a ton of nerds at Noomland. Meaning like the psychology and how the product has been developed now, people understand why you have that word, why there's normified version of content, all that. And it's fascinating. Again, humans are beautiful. We are like, if I say badly, we are complicated. But in other yeah. words, we are all like important. We have a different background. 
It's fascinating. So that's why we feel like, wow, we excellently figure this amazing platform because there are so many ways we can do better. And that's why we feel like, although we have 14 years of history, we don't feel that way. We just feel like, wow, we just start a company. Yeah, and you know, just kind of thinking about people joining a company, I think that's actually a good transition point to kind of last set of questions. You know, I understand that there are several MBAs working at Newman. We are an MBA-run podcast. So curious to get your take on, you know, what are some of the skill sets that you feel MBAs already have and some of the areas that you know, they could benefit from working on a little bit more? Absolutely. The major reason that I was motivated to actually take this podcast because I wanted to speak back to MBA background talents because we highly respect who has uh, finished MBA, actually, the curriculum, because it is very intense and it does cover a lot of business knowledge. We highly admire their ability that they can learn quickly and apply what they just learned to the commercial model. So the great teammates communication and also quickly learn and apply the, the lessons are highly respected and new. What I have seen, especially MBA background people, that I have seen two way, good cases and bad cases. The good cases are like comes with a very humble manner to always come with a humble mind that my idea might not work, but want to figure together. That's the base case. The worst case is because they are smart and they are tr- well-trained. They have reviewed a lot of cases, business cases. So if they come with a bias or um, prejudice ideas, like that can really like hurt the talent because it can be more painful. Because I personally experienced that over years and years. Again, a lot of good ideas are not working as I planned. And imagine if you come with a mind that I have seen all the cases and uh, I studied enough, so my idea shall work well and it doesn't work that well, then a talent may have a hard time to actually overcome that. I have seen it. Yeah. So the idea of, you know, it's important to retain that type of flexibility, if you will, in terms of exactly. use the lessons you've learned in the past. And it sounds like exactly. from your perspective, MBAs have a great exposure there, but also be willing to recognize well how things could be different. Exactly. And also teammate experience. I have seen amazing talent. Actually, at noon, we have a lot of MBA background talents at like, product team, operation team, growth team, like if they have a good teammates experience and no matter how difficult, they figure it out together. And that's an amazing skill set. And I look for those talents can uh, join Noom and then those talents, I, I promise, will shine and really become like rock star right there. Well, to all the MBAs who are listening, you heard it directly from the CEO. Definitely mm-hmm. encourage people. Bye. Seiju, once again, thanks so much for taking time today. I really appreciate it and looking forward to all the things that you and the company are going to be accomplishing definitely over the next few months, but over the next few years as well. I'm very much honored. It wasn't my dream that I can share my experience to MBA students. And thank you very much 